You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Before you walk in, so I just want to say, if you want your Bible back, you can come. I, I may have had this one a while. I actually enjoy it. I hope I don't covet your Bible, but I will give it back to you. That's like a man without a sword. I can't let that go down. So, Or if you're listening online, Willie, come call me. Dr. Matt at Awaken Church, I'll give it back to you. I'll mail it to you. I mean, it's a really good Bible. I saw some of your notes, only in Genesis, but I believe you probably got through more. (laughs) Oh, that's so naughty. So naughty. Well, listen, a couple things. I'm just trying to wrap my head around what what, uh, God wants to do here today, but it's going to be... Today's message might be a little bit more shock and awe. You know, we are the house of transformation, uh, you know, and, and we believe we're big into faith, hope, and love. You know, we're kind of like those three words thing. We've founded that since day one, we've been fresh, real, and powerful. I would say today is going to be real and powerful. Faith, hope, and love. Maybe more faith. Hopefully some hope. But it's just one of those messages that we got to speak some truth today um, because I'm seeing some people get rattled. And so we got we to gotta push back darkness. And uh, when you do that, you can always, you could feel it in the atmosphere because there is such thing as spiritual warfare. And uh, it was amazing, before I read this verse, titled my message is Truth Seekers. And uh, I was going to preach a nice, fuzzy, great message Uh, And then Pastor Jesse sent me this video. Uh, It was an hour and 37 minutes long. And I watched it and I repented for another hour and 37 minutes. And then all of a sudden, everything came unglued and unraveled my life. And I realized, holy cow, we can, there is no ceiling over how much you want God to do in your life. Revelation is there all the time. So I'm really gonna go, I mean, our church doesn't really do like, five-part series, but probably for the next five times I preach, I'm going to go down a theme, and it's going to be uh, pretty radical out of what Pastor Jesse just sent me because I had so many revelations after it, and the first revelation has is we got to bring some real hard truth to the church, and uh, we've been in this message series that will preach, and they're using movies and stuff like that. I did find a clip that I'm going to play in just a few minutes, um, but I will tell you that in 1997, this guy, Dr. Horowitz, came and spoke at our college, and uh, he said a couple things, and he was Jewish uh, that had just recently gave his life to Christ, so a Messianic Jew, and he was, I mean, this guy knew his Old Testament, and you could tell his mind was being blown away by the New Testament. It was almost like he had a Ferrari in his garage the whole time, and one day he went in and found the keys. He's like, are you kidding me? So he was taking this thing for a test drive, but he, he was a great student, and his mind was, he couldn't even speak on health things because he was just, everything was lining up with Scripture. So he was dropping bombs after bombs. Half my school, you know, we're in San Francisco, grad school, very liberal. Half my school was offended, and the other half was like so charged up. But he made these claims. He was reading Revelation, but he knew the Old Testament so well that he was overlapping revelation. And I was sitting there mind-blowing going, man, I thought I was in a chiropractic lecture. Who is this guy? And he was talking about one day, he was talking about rivers of life. 
And, and it was going down these things that your blood is life. And it was going, one day the enemy will do whatever he can to poison your blood. And I used to say, this is 1997. I'll never forget it. It was May 1997. And he said this thing, and it pierced me that I've thought about him randomly for the last 24 years. But it wasn't until this year that I started doing my own deep dive. And so I want to, real quick, it's my first confession of faith, our new one. You're the first campus that's going to do it. So if we can put it up. All right. Let's all stand up real quick. So confession of faith is, if you believe it, hey, let's say it and agree. If you don't believe it, then it's just a declaration, and you should start declaring things in your life, because when you declare a thing, it's prophesying. And every day, no matter what you believe or say, we all prophesy. And so whenever I feel the Lord speaking to me about something I need to start declaring in my life, I started this a couple years ago when God told me to declare some things over this campus, and I started having the entire campus declare it, and we watched God start building his church. It wasn't the Matt and Michaela show, wasn't in our own strength. Is we just started declaring it, and then all of a sudden, people from everywhere started coming, and then my declaration became a confession. And God said, every time I give you a new declaration, it's not for you. It's for your people that I've called you to help lead, because as they believe it, you will create a ripple that will become such a powerful wave that people will get caught up on it. And if you know a good wave and you know how to surf, then you just get on it and paddle your face off and start riding that thing. So this is the one that God spoke to me about about a month ago, maybe six weeks ago, and then confirmed it during our conference. I was waiting for conference to get a confirmation. I got it, and so we're going to speak this out today. Ready? Today, I declare victory. I stand for freedom. I speak your truth, and I declare your word over my life. I expect miracles, healing, and breakthrough now. We declare healing and unity over our city. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Come on. We'll get the rhythm, and now we'll preach. Fast, fast. All right. So I'm going to read this verse. I wrote a book probably, I think I wrote it in 2008. Uh, it was not a bestseller. Uh, <laughs> it uh, barely made it off my shelf at my office because I just, I'm like, ah, someone said write a book, wrote a book, and then I kind of hid that book. And then one day I had like 3,000 copies. I just started mailing them out and people would call me. And it was, but it was called Fearfully and Wonderfully Made based on the revelation that one day I woke up and I read Psalm 139, but I want to read it. And Psalm 139 says this, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in that secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. You know, we have a father that he's our creator. He created every one of us. He created everything about us. And it's amazing See, we're made in the image and likeness of the Almighty God. But see, there is an enemy that is told by the Bible tells us there's an enemy that wants to kill, steal, and destroy everything about us because we are made in the image and the likeness. See, Satan, the devil, 
roams around trying to destroy lives because he hates God so much. First thing God created was actually marriage. Well, he created man, and he said, oh, man, that's not good for that dude to be alone. <laughs> created marriage. And so the number one thing, if the devil can come wreak havoc anywhere, he's going to start off wreaking it in marriage. And it's amazing how even as Christians, I really do believe that because we live in the greatest nation of the world, we've got a little soft. We've got a little soft in taking for granted the foundational truths of what God has blessed us with. See, there's other countries that don't have that fortune. When my uncle went to Romania, he saw supernatural things that he could not comprehend. See, my grandpa was a preacher. His dad was a preacher, but my uncle was party playboy. He literally got so rocked in Romania by the underground church that he accidentally stumbled upon that it, met, it messed him up in such a good way. He came home. He married the girl he was with. He sold all his bars, stopped drinking. He got every one of his friends saved, and they were all playboys, very successful. Every one of them got saved because of my uncle's conviction. And it was radical to see my uncle. I go, oh, I wonder how long this will last for three weeks. My mom and I had bets. I gave it, I literally gave it three weeks. My mom gave it six. I figured she knows him better than me. But the truth is, no. Still, to this day, it messed him up to a point where he realized, man, I'm going back and I want to live out what I saw in Romania. And it was that rattling. Now, you understand, I grew up in a Christian home. You know, I spoke Christianese, very good at it. You know, I totally faked it on Sundays, and then I lived my life the rest of the week, and then I'd go back on Sunday. You know, it says, honor your parents. I at least had that part down, or maybe fear the Lord in fear of my dad. He was a Marine, so it was like, shh, don't mess with him. Uh, my bed was tight, you know, but I went to church. They say, go to church. You're up in Adam. So I was at church, but I lived two different lives because I didn't understand the truth to what the Bible was saying. I actually didn't even read the Bible. I just listened to my pastor read it to me. So whatever he was reading on, I was picking it up for that day. But I didn't have the revelation on what this weapon really was. And then when I started realizing, okay, this, I got in grad school, so I went to Westmont College, a nice little Christian college. I didn't go there because it was a Christian college. I went there because my parents said, if you go to one year at Westmont, we're gonna pay for college. And then when I went there and I realized it was a four-to-one ratio, what idiot would leave? Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, four times more women than men? I'm staying here for all four years. This, this is radical. So my parents paid for all four years. And then what happened was, so I lived in this Christian bubble growing up. Then I went to, you know, this Christian college bubble. And then I, I went up to San Francisco, very liberal school. And then I, woke, I go, whoa. So I went to the Christian club thinking, I, I got to get around some people. Like, I'm outside my comfort zone. So I went to the Christian club and there was two and a half people there and they were all weird and I go okay I'm definitely not signing up for this club so I literally prayed had a like literally prayed like I think probably my first real prayer except the prayers that you do you know when you're an idiot and you say Lord I will never drink again if you just get me through the night those were most of my prayers and they get worse. I'm just being real with you. Just being real. I forgot. Oh, a bunch of my Christianese friends are here. Welcome. Welcome. Yeah, you're not used to me yet. Okay. Glad you're new. Glad you're new. 
But it's true. It, it was like those prayers that you're praying because you're on your last hope and you don't want your dad to kill you or your mom to kill you or you wreck the car and you're like, God, if you get me out of this situation or Lord, just get me home, you know, whatever. I will serve you all the rest of my life and that would last a week or two. I mean, they, they were sincere prayers that night. They were sincere that night, but I just couldn't fall through because I didn't know. But see, when I went to grad school and I felt the, the oppression, I now know what it was. It was spiritual oppression, that it woke something up on the inside of me, and I prayed a real sincere prayer, and God started bringing me people. And he brought me two friends that are still close friends today, and literally those two guys and myself, we took that nerdy two-and-a-half little whatever it was called to over 120-plus. We brought revival back to a campus. We got people delivered. So we didn't even know what we were doing. We had no idea what we were doing, but God was there every time, so it didn't matter. But then that was the first time during that time I had my first demonic experience where I was literally choked out by a demon in the middle of the night. How many know I didn't know what I was doing? I literally thought it was a dream until I woke up full sweats and realized it wasn't. And I jumped up so hard, I dented the ceiling with my forehead. I freaked out. I yelled Jesus as loud as I could. That thing left because when I opened up little beady eyes and like this warmth and this fear and everything, it was hatred over me. All I could remember is, what do I do? I'm gonna die. And I remember the Frank Preddy book, This Present Darkness. And he said, man, some old lady, every time she said, Jesus, man, the, the angels would get, they'd flex on the devil. But every time that no one was praying, no one in the city was praying, those demons would get more powerful and run over the city. So it was in that moment, I remembered this book. And I just said, Jesus. And the minute I said, Jesus, I felt and I saw fear in the eye of that demon. I yelled Jesus so loud that both my roommates, they both got saved. The girl that was in the room next to us, she ran out of the house, freaked out. I called my mom at two in the morning. I said, Bob, and I'm going off on my mom about what just happened. Why didn't you ever tell me? What do you mean, why didn't I tell you? Of course I told you. You said the name Jesus, didn't you? I said, yeah, because I remembered a book. You and dad never told me that something could come down and choke me out in real life. She goes, I took you to church your whole life. You didn't figure that out? I thought it was a theory, mom, to make sure I'd follow you. So I wouldn't do dumb things. I didn't know I could be really tangibly choked out by a demon. She goes, yeah, well, I'm glad you used the name of Jesus. That's the only name that works. Mom, I don't need you to tell me at two in the morning what's up. We are all in church the next week. My whole theology changed, but I still couldn't wrap it around. So here's my whole point. Revelation 18, 23. The light of the lamp shall not shine in you anymore, and the voice of a bridegroom and the bride shall not be heard in you anymore. For your merchants were the great men of the earth, for by your sorcery, all the nations were deceived. When you look up sorcery, see our world's filled with con artists and liars and thieves and they come out to defraud us. I, mean, I was taken advantage of by a close friend. He was deceived, but I trusted and I was deceived. But the Bible warns us about the greatest deceiver of all, that's Satan the devil. I need you as a church to be aware of his tactics. See, what happens is we can be Christianese and go to church, and we are a very 
fresh, real, and powerful, faith, hope, and love. We're a very up church, and listen, we are always speaking faith, and I'm not here to give you a doom and gloom message. I'm here to bring hope. I'm here to bring faith, but there is a reality because too many Christians in this nation are just skipping through it going, what's going on? This is so weird. I hope the Lord comes back. I'm like, what are you talking about? This is war. But it happens, everything happens in the spiritual realm before the physical realm. And we have become soft Christians that don't know the word of God. And the more that I'm getting a video that I'm just spending all this time on, the more that I'm in prayer, the more that I'm just saying, God, just I want to bring a, a nice warm message. He goes, you need to bring the truth. And the truth will set my people free and it will wake them up because guess what? We can't go, I can't fight your battles. Jesus wants you to know that he is a tangible force to be reckoned with, but do you know him? When you listen to that song, Authority, on repeat, do you believe in every word that that song says that was written because of a revelation one of our worship leaders had in this house? And but what happens is, as Christians, we rather just go to a church and hear a sermonette and just like, okay, let's bring another friend. I want them to get saved, but we're walking around with no power on this earth. And God's saying, you need to wake my people up so they know how to pray. They need to understand that when they need some logos and then they need some rhema word in their life. And I'm preaching on that next week, the difference between logos and rhema. And we're going to have a real conversation about why we need some rhema. But I got too many Christians, you know, they, oh, Peter walked on water. I think I'm going to walk on water. And then they drowned. What happened to me? They didn't have a real revelation because their real relationship was all dried up on the inside. See, Revelation's talking to us about, hey, listen, there is a deceiver. And I will destroy him. But right now he's roaming the earth. And you better watch out. You wouldn't be called the great deceiver if you sucked at it. So for someone that's been around for over 2,000 plus years, I think he's figured the game out. If you want to read a really interesting book, C.S. Lewis wrote a book called The Screwtape Letters. I'm actually rereading it now because I am actually have a different filter right now from what's going on in the world. And I'm going, oh my gosh, this guy was anointed. This guy had revelation. He had rhema. He was reading the word of God, but he had rhema and he was getting revelation. Writing the letters from like the devil to his senior associate, you know? It's like, he was the senior pastor writing letters to his campus pastors. No, no, this was the devil writing it down to his regional territory demon saying, this is how you wanna mess up my kids. They're mine, and I'm gonna destroy their life. That's what he says. It's my earth, those are my kids, and I'm gonna destroy their life. That's what the devil says every day. But we take it like, let's go to church. Let's go to church. I want to sing a song. No, no, no. There's a devil that's trying to mess you up, not even to get you to church. He's trying to mess up some relationships, some friendships. That's why I love this right here, because you have a father-son relationship this many years later that is still strong. He flew out just to see his boy get prayed in. That's a champion. But you know how many times the devil's tried, but I know he's a praying family, a praying man taking authority. But we got too many numb Christians that are just chalking it up like, it's just a bad day. No, it's not. There's the devil that's trying to make every day a bad day. So I woke up and I was just like, man, do they understand? It says right in Revelation, for by your sorcery, all the nations were deceived. The Bible's already saying what's going to go down. But here we are, we're just kumbaya on it. 
And I got some pastors that aren't even hearing what the word of God is trying to tell them. It's not how you start a thing. I know a lot of great pastors. It's how you finish a thing. Make sure you get around. Like right now, our circle's getting tighter. Our pastors, we're watching the ones that are standing on the truth and not bowing down, that are still preaching the gospel. They're not backing down. I just saw someone right up the street put a letter out urging his whole church to go do a thing. And I'm thinking to myself, once a great influencer wrote a book that sold more than any other book. And I'm thinking, a purpose-driven life. Now this guy's saying something. And I'm going to tell you something. Put it on blast. And I go, let me go look and see how many times he put maybe abortion is wrong on blast. Or, you know, affairs or pedophilia, or every other radical thing that the Bible says you've got to rage war against. How many other times were those put on blast? But you're going to put this on blast? It's amazing because there is a great deceiver that is deceiving even some of the greats in this nation. And every one of us, and I'm not condemning, I'm saying we got to pray for every pastor right now to wake up and start leading effectively and getting the word of God back to the truth. It doesn't matter how we start. It matters how we finish. And I'm going to tell you, the one thing I've learned is fear the Lord. Fear the Lord, because we ought to have a righteous fear of the Lord. And guess what? I grew up as a kid not afraid of the Lord. I didn't have fear of the Lord. And I'm not saying fear him like he's a bully. I'm saying there's a righteous fear of the Lord. It's called respect. I respect my dad. I have a, I have a good amount of fear of the Lord and fear of my dad and fear of my grandma out of respect. But there's a lot of talk in the Bible of, of why we need to. It's a healthy source. If you don't fear anything, you become numb to it. And like I'm saying, sorcery, pharmakia, witchcraft, the use of the administering of drugs, poisoning, sorcery, magical arts are all found in connection with idolatry. And then the metaphor for sorceries, which is talking about sorcery in Revelation, is the deceptions and seductions of idolatry. See, what happens is we can get the two biggest things that the enemy wants to do is get us in some form of idolatry. For a lot of men, it could be success. We start to get into money and power, and that becomes an idol. God showed me some idols years back in a couple areas of my life, and I repented, and I immediately corrected the path I was on. Doesn't mean I backed down from going after things. I just didn't. I took some things that were becoming small idols, and I got them out of my life because God revealed them to me. The same thing is right now. What idols are we putting bigger than our God? It's amazing the deception the enemy is using right now. I've never seen it in such full force. But did you know that there's a thief that wants to rob you of the most valuable possessions of all, your eternal life and your future as a child of God? So before my keys come up, I want to play this video because it's thought-provoking, and I want you to hear it. I love Carolyn Leaf. If you guys know Dr. Carolyn Leaf, she's a study, she's a neuroscientist, but she also is a radical Christian. She's been through our church a few times, but she studies quantum physics, neurophysiology. She looks at all the quantums of the brain and what physics is now showing. I want you to watch this video. Psalm 139 verse 14 says, 
I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are marvelous, and my soul knows it very well. My bones were not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully formed in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance, and in your book or scroll all the days of my life were written and engraved before ever they took shape, when as yet there were none of them. Now did you know that every single strand of human DNA is marked with the name of God? How, you ask? Because there are sulfide bonds holding together the two strands that make up the DNA. And these bonds occur after the 10th pair of nucleotides, again after the fifth pair, and then six pairs later, and again five pairs later. The 10th letter of the Hebrew alphabet is Yod. The fifth letter is He. The sixth letter is Vav. Yod, He, Vav, He spells Yahweh. I will say it again. God's name is on every human chromosome. You are made in his image and sealed with the name of your creator. Every cell in your body is hallmarked. And it is this very divine hallmark that the enemy desires to obliterate. By injecting loaded messenger RNA into cells, one can sneak fragments of foreign enemy DNA through the carefully guarded nuclear walls and unload their contents into the scroll of DNA that God wrote for you. That's like pasting some pages of a counterfeit author's book into the middle of the instruction blueprint God wrote. What is actually happening is that the name of God written into the sulfide bond arrangement in the DNA scroll is being erased. The beautiful scroll engraved by God to create a man in his image is being sabotaged and from that moment of splicing onward, instead of instructions being released from the palace for life and health and security of the body, the inserted DNA loads up the messenger RNA trolley with instructions for the protein factory in the cell outside the palace to start manufacturing enemy spike proteins. The protein factory just does what is told. Whatever orders arrive from headquarters are immediately carried out. To put it simply, once the potion is injected into the body, every single citadel guarding the scrolls signed with the name of the creator within you is hijacked and forced to issue instructions to manufacture weapons of death, which will not only kill you at some point, but also the... Yep. So, I'm not here to condemn anything, but I am here to wake some people up. That is a little bit... See, what happens with cognitive dissonance is this. You can get angry, and you should. But there is a deceiver out there that is going to play dirty and I refuse to back down. So I'm not here to offend you, not here to judge anybody that is forced to. Listen, my brother's in the Navy. He was forced to. I know some people are making some tough decisions right now. But that river of life, what gives you life is the blood that's in it. There's always been blood covenants. And if you study all blood covenants throughout the time from the Old Testament, New Testament, there is nothing more important than a blood covenant. And if there's anything that Satan hates more, he will do everything to destroy that image of God that you and I are. And he will play dirty, and we can say all we want to say. That can't be, oh, I'm sure Dr. Matt watches Q. No, I'm not on any QAnon or anything like that. I didn't download that from any crazy website. This is truth, and it is radical. 
But God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but one of power. And what I want to tell you is that you walk around with the spirit on the inside of you. Jesus is on the inside of you. But what happens is when we get fear of man more than we do fear of the Lord, we start making wrong choices. When we start taking a knee to what men want us to do, we stop listening to the voice of God. And it is a troubling thing. I would rather preach a message to make you pumped about life and save the world, but this is about saving the world. It's just a hard pill to swallow knowing. See, my brother's in the navies and intel. He'll come and tell me if Americans knew what was really going on as, as far as threats, they wouldn't leave their home in the first place. He says every month there's probably 12 to 15 massive threats against the U.S. that we, they get intel on and they shut down. They'll go take down a cell group. They'll go take this. We've been... And, and we freaked out over 9-11, and my brother said, that was just one that slipped through. Yesterday, I was with a top, uh, he was border patrol, but now he's on a uh, kind of like a secret patrol just on boats because right now there's more drugs coming into the USA than any time in history. And he says just last week, he says they had 20 boats every hour coming up, San Diego, uh, Encinitas, Carlsbad, Oceanside, all the way to San Clemente, all the way up to LA, and they all came in. They were right off the shore. They busted 20 boats, all with cocaine. But then they found out that was the stuff they wanted them to have because they, on a video surveillance, while they were busy taking all these boats out, they saw over 50 boats that were way offshore turn in and come into LA port up there in Long Beach and disseminated hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars worth of cocaine that got through. That they were so overwhelmed by these small little cocaine busts, they missed the big one. But see, what happens is we don't want to hear that news. We, we just want to go to church. We just want to go to lunch with our friends without a proof card. You know, it's like... But listen, it's going to take men and women with a righteous faith to wake up, to understand all throughout the Bible. I mean, I could go into this, but I want to read Revelation 12, 9. It says, so the great dragon was cast out, the serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the world. He was cast to earth and his angels were cast out with him. Apostasia is a Greek word that means following away, deception of truth, to separate. In 2 Thessalonians 2, 3, it says, don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the man doomed to destruction. He will oppose and exalt himself over everything is called God or his worship so that it sets himself up in God's temple, proclaiming himself to be God. But it's amazing who's being attacked right now? The church. In Australia, you can't worship. It started off with, hey, shut it down, respect. We did everything. And then when we started smelling, something wasn't right. And then all of a sudden, you can't go to church. You can't come together. People committing suicide. We just lost a pastor's wife in our city last week. If that doesn't wake some people up to get ticked off, 
The devil doesn't care. The devil doesn't care. He, this is full out war, but we're playing a Christianese game and just think it's okay to be quiet. That's why I love Pastor Jurgen. That's why I love this man. We're getting up and you're starting to say, not on my watch, not today, devil. When I signed up for this, I said, okay, I had my revelation. I said, all right, I thought my whole purpose, my whole life was to be like the best healer. And God's like, I want my kids to be healed. They'll get, you'll, they'll get more healed through you if you're using the right tools. I'm calling you to ministry so you can help heal my kids, but healing salvation because eternity's on the line. I said, all right, God, whatever you say. And I finally did it. And then I'm thinking to myself, this is so, now I'm getting all my, all my chiropractic boys that have big mouths that are solid. I'm like, bro, we are on the wrong game. We are being, we are being deceived. There's a bigger game and it's called eternity. You guys are all influencers. I need you to get your life right with Christ. Let's do this. I know what you've done in the influence of this fear. I need you in this fear because there's a world that needs to hear the truth and they're starting to wake up. A lot of my friends that now they see this whole craziness, they go, this is more than pharmacia. This is evil. I need to know your Jesus. I have a bunch of new age friends of mine that are all coming back to Christ because now they're seeing the demonic in this and they go, all right, we know something's not right. How are we gonna raise our kids? I mean, I got a little girl, I don't wanna freak her out. So it's just this thing, what are we gonna do? I'm gonna teach her how to pray. I'm gonna teach her what the word of God says. I want her, because it says, if you know the word, you'll know the truth. In verse 13 in 2 Thessalonians, it goes on to say, we had always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord, because God chose you as first fruits to be saved through the sanctifying work of the spirit and through the belief in the truth. He called you to this through our gospel, so that you might share in the glory of the Lord Jesus. See, as the devil tries to deceive the, word, the world, the world will be woken up by the word. This is the truth. There's only one truth. There's no other way to get the truth except get in the word and ask God to reveal it to you. See, Ramos is the inspired word of God, what God is saying. Logos is what he said, and he says a lot that people don't even know. Hey, this is the devil. This is what he's going to do. These are the tricks. This is why I want to warn you. He's a deceiver. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. This is what he looks like. This is what he smells like. This is where he comes sniffing around. Get him out of your marriage. Get him out of your business. Get him out of some relationships you need to cut off immediately. This is war. And I'm telling you, God gave you all. A, there's something stirring on the inside of every believer I know right now. I know some of my friends that haven't prayed in years are praying for the first time. People that I've known for years that never just like, oh, I fall asleep when I read the word. They're devouring the word. The believers are getting stirred in their spirit. I wanna read this and then we'll pray. In 2 Corinthians, it says, for Satan himself transforms himself to the angel of light. And so we need to be careful what we're listening to. See, when they were looking at $100 bills back in the day before they had machines, those counterfeit artists, you know how they knew what a counterfeit was? 
because they played with the real thing for hours every day. All they did was handle real money. So when they came across a counterfeit, they immediately knew. How do we know when there's a counterfeit? How do we know? Well, let's check the fruit. And then let's make sure we know the word of God so well. We're like, no, no, that's a counterfeit. That's a counterfeit. I might be an angel of light, but devil, you're a liar. The devil is a liar. It goes on in Revelation. It says, he who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he who shall be my son. In Hosea 4, 6, it says, my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge, but I will also reject you from being priest for me because you forgot the law of your God. In the Bible, it says in Acts 19, 18 through 20, many of those who believe now come and openly confess what they have done. A number who have practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came out to 50,000 drachmas, whatever that is. It says in this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. See, God's word is an overcoming word. When we get to know more of God's word and his power will overcome whatever is thrown at us. Don't be intimidated right now. Throw back the word of God. Rise up, don't be cowed, don't back down. God has got you. No weapon formed against us will prosper. You believe it or you don't. Your identity is not your job. You have identity in Christ. It's a hard revelation. I've mentored many men that their identity was so what they did, they forgot who they be. You're human beings, not human doings. It's not what you do. It's who you be. God is your provider. He is your Jehovah Jireh. He will provide for you. He's given you a skill set. You can do anything you put your mind to it if you believe. You're going to see some of the greatest people come together during this time. You're going to see men and women collaborate like you've never seen before. You're going to see, I love the teachers. I know teachers are quitting right and left. They're starting micro, whatever they're called, micro schools. It's mind-blowing what's going to happen right now. In John 17, 17, Jesus prayed concerning his disciples, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. The word of God, the Bible, is truth. Yet the devil's going to come after those people that are preaching the truth. That's why we pray for every pastor. We don't condemn them. We pay for everyone that's been deceived. A lot of people that don't know what's going on right now, they're just deceived. We cannot judge them. It says, love your neighbor. We gotta love people more now than ever. Quit the Facebook fights, quit the division, quit arguing over this and that. I don't care. If they wanna see a video and they choose not to believe it, then all you can do is pray for them from the experts that study DNA. And isn't it crazy that the devil wants to jack up our DNA? Because it says God on our DNA made in him image. How radical is that? And yet that's how deception works. So my prayer for you today, I'm gonna pray for each and every one of us today, is that whatever revelation we need to have, whatever agreements we've made in our heart, wherever we've been deceived, God will highlight where we've been deceived. All you do when you've been deceived, just to let you know, it's not a judgment thing. It's just repent. It's just repent. 
on this video I was just telling you about that I'm gonna start preaching on, I literally repented probably two dozen times on stuff I didn't even know I needed to repent on because I've never heard it laid out the way this pastor laid it out. It was mind bending. It was amazing. And it was so good for me. I felt weights lifted. I felt joy. I felt peace. I felt these little voices that I was trying to navigate. God, is that you? Is that the devil? What's been tripping up? Oh my gosh, how I can honor my wife more, how I can honor my parents more. All these revelations from one video that was just preaching the word of God. And all I had to do was repent. He takes you through. Hey, in this moment, this is what your thought came up. Just repent. I was repenting. I was repenting. I had a long car ride. But let me tell you, don't let the devil shame you saying, oh, you're not worthy of repenting. No, he doesn't want you to confess anything. Because if you don't confess it, he has you bound up. He's got a ball and chain around you and he's just, you're his whipping post. You got to shove it to the devil. Whatever we've heard about that word repentance, delete it right now. God's just saying, it's the access to my grace. It's the access to what I did on the cross. It's my access, the blood covers. And when you understand the most powerful thing in the world that right now Satan's trying to destroy it, it's Jesus's blood covers all our sins, all our iniquities. I know that God can restore. I've watched people get radically healed. I've watched plates removed out of bodies. I've seen them pre and post. I have x-rays, pre and post broken bones because of prayer. God can go in and heal up someone's blood that's been tainted. God can restore anybody. He can do radical things. You'll see testimonies. They, they were deceived, they didn't know, but they repented and they were healed in a moment. Avoid self-deception, avoid world's deceptions, and avoid Satan's deceptions. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord, that you're revealing every device that Satan uses. God, I know your word talks about and prophesies and foretells of a great future of false religions that are inspired by Satan. God, I thank you, Lord, that there's a great awakening over this nation, that men and women around the world will unite and wake up with the word of God as their truth. That God, I thank you, Lord, that people will be healed. I break every lie of the devil in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you for a congregation, for a people that wanna rise up and know the truth. God, I pray right now for any of those men or women under the sound of my voice that have never given their heart to you, that have never made Jesus their Lord and Savior, that God, they'll do so right now. Heavenly Father, those that maybe have even given their life to you but never submitted to you, never give you authority to walk in their life, God, I pray for them right now that they would repent. All it means is, hey, sin is I've missed the mark. We all fall short and miss the mark. But right now, Lord, you will heal them, restore them. They will be saved. Any of you that just need to just take a moment with Jesus, this is the most important thing you can do. Just say, Jesus, I need to repent.
God knows your heart. He already knows everything you've already done. Just he needs you to confess. He's given you free will. Just have a conversation with your father. He's your creator. Adonai, Yahweh, the great I am. God, I break every deception, spirits of control, spirits of fear. God, we've ever been deceived. God, we ask, Lord, that you pick us up and put us back on sure ground, back on the rock. Lord, get the word and the revelation of your word on the inside of us. God, I thank you for a church that's so hungry for the word that they want to know what else they can get plugged into. God, I pray for filters that what people allow spoken of their life goes through your filter. I break all authority of the enemy, the great deceiver, the liar. I pray for revelation on what some men and women in this house are going to do right now. I feel the burden that God, I feel that God is saying, you can trust him. Do not be afraid. God, I break fear in the name of Jesus. Listen, for any of you that want to make that decision, we're just going to say a prayer together as a church. I have a young lady down here with a, with a book, a Bible that I've been reading from. We want to give it to you. Even if you already have one, take another one. And I know you're going to meet somebody you can sew it into. We have another book, Following Jesus. <laughs> Sad to even say this. Your new campus pastor wrote it. I didn't write a book that went anywhere, but that book's incredible. It's like the cliff notes. What do we do next? Where should I start reading the Bible? What's water baptism? What's the Holy Spirit? It's in different languages. It's around the world. That's your campus pastor. Hello. We want to give you that book. But let's pray this prayer together. Let's everyone pray this prayer. Heavenly Father. I give you my heart. I give you my life. I repent today. And I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I am saved. I am restored. My future is bright. And I ask you to lead the way. Let the rest of my life be the best of my life. Give me courage. Give me boldness. Give me revelation. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Listen, if you said that prayer, don't leave without getting a book. I want to let you know that God's an overcomer. I didn't, I didn't want to discourage you today. I just had to shake you a little bit because we need to be shaken. Otherwise, we stay the same. We're a life-giving church. We believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. We have Wednesday night services. Amen. For those of you that haven't been to our 5.30 a.m. prayer meeting, I need you to come. It's warrior training. We have over 200 men that come. And listen, what we need to do is get the Bressy Ranch over there because just in, after Labor Day, we're going to be doing a, a right here men's prayer right here and San Marcos. Mighty men are going to raise up out of this place. Women, you have prayer on Thursdays. Get plugged in. Read the word and be bold and courageous. Amen. Have a great Sunday.
Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.